What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to Weekend at Hernies, your favorite Panthers podcast. I'm Steven Sears, joined always by Chase Pletcher. What's up, Chase? How you doing today? What's up, what's up? You know, doing pretty well today. Uh, was recording a little earlier than normal, but you know, it's a special occasion. Our one primetime game of the year is coming up. Yeah, going to try to get this one out to you guys earlier for uh, Thursday night's kickoff this week. Um, before we talk about Sunday Saint game and all the rest of that, let's get some like quick news in. So today, Eli Apple, Seth Roberts, and Josh Hawkins all got cut or released. Uh, Eli Apple, I guess he was always injured and just, I don't know, he, got, he was hurt today at practice and then he got cut later. So I'm assuming his unavailability led him to getting cut. Seth Roberts, he was playing Sunday not very well, and now he's gone. And Josh Hawkins was uh, cranking that soldier boy on a Friday night uh, at the club during the middle of COVID pandemic. So he is also gone. So uh, that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> depending on how you view Eli Apple and Seth Roberts, let's move on to some uh, more good news. <laughs> CMC is back at practice today. Uh, I guess he showed up in a, in a red jersey. And then I guess he changed to black jersey. I don't know. So I guess he's it's a possibility that he plays uh, Thursday night. But I feel like the Chiefs game is a little bit more likely. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I didn't even realize we still had red jerseys. I thought that whole <laughs> green thing was still going on. But um, yeah, it's good to have CMC back. I think we kind of saw Sunday. Um, I, I I don't know. I almost feel like the uh, um. What's the word I'm looking for? Honeymoon phase with Mike Davis kind of mm-hmm. was telling off a little bit. Not that people can't have rough games um, and not that he's not a useful piece, but I think we kind of saw where you really miss Christian maybe in a time like the Saints game. You know, Davis, after that first run of the game, he had six carries for five yards, you know, just mm-hmm. getting stuffed. And then he caught a couple passes. You know, I think he had about. 20 to 30 receiving yards. But I think that's kind of where you'd see, like, when Christian's getting stopped in the run game like that, you're kind of just, you know, we can really rely on him a lot in the passing game. Not that it really mattered. You know, the offense was good. But um, I think we've even seen Bears game even more so. We uh, we probably do need Christian back. Um, yeah. I don't think he's quite as replaceable as people want to make him out to be. This isn't to get into the whole contract value meant argument or anything like that. But um, mm-hmm. I think if you're just strictly looking at the football side of things, he clearly makes us better. Yeah, our run game was non-existent um, on Sunday. Like you said, Mike Davis had seven carries for 12 yards, and then next was Teddy with two for 10. So definitely something you want to establish in the NFL. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Christian, his, his use in like the passing game alone would have been – no much needed for that Saints game. Like Kamara and him are pretty like similar in terms of how they're used. And Kamara ran right through his all game on the ground and in the and in the passing attack. So having Christian on yesterday or two days ago would have been extremely helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like you said, I personally would prefer him not coming back for Atlanta unless yeah. he's been ready to go since last week, which I would assume he's not since he just got reactivated today. I feel like when most people get reactivated from IR, they're not automatically 100%. Yeah. Um, not only is this season, in my opinion, uh, you know, playoffs aren't really the goal. Um, they're the main goal for this season. Not only that, but we also play the Falcons. And um, I don't know. The Falcons' defense sucks. I, I feel like we shouldn't feel like yeah. we need, need to have them back two days it's- from now. It's not like in the set, uh, like a you know a necessary game to try to rush him back for, uh, especially on a short week. I feel like you definitely want to give him that extended time to practice and really get yeah. back to the flow of the offense, especially if like we're switching things up on offense, right? So like obviously we just talked about Mike Davis and like you know he is useful still even though he's had this two rough game stretch, but maybe now Joe Brady's trying to incorporate Christian and Mike Davis on the field at the same time, still use Mike Davis a good bit, keep Christian in the, in the loop, you know. And then obviously we're playing the Chiefs after the Falcons, so I mean, you know, let Christian get, you know, get ready for a tough, tough matchup. But yeah. I mean, then again, you know, it is Atlanta, and they are playing pretty poorly. So maybe you do want to bring him back and you know just ease him into the game. Like maybe you still let Mike Davis kind of carry the load, and you insert Christian here and there, let him get some reps in, and get game ready for uh for a couple weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm not going to be upset if I see Christian on the field 
yeah. Thursday night, but it just would – I don't know. I, I feel like the whole process would seem rushed since he just got reactivated today. Now, if it was last week, then I'd understand. Mm-hmm. But um, a whole week and a half, basically a mini-bye week when you play on yeah. Thursday night. You basically get a mini-bye week. Um, that's you know that's a lot of time that Joe Brady can really cook up some good stuff, either mm-hmm. with like dual RB packages or just kind of game planning. A much longer time to kind of script and game plan how he'll rotate the two of them in and out and how he can use them in different sets. Um, yeah. But so yeah, I mean we'll see. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset either way, but I would personally say hopefully he doesn't play. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. But uh, let's get into that Saints game. Um, we went to New Orleans and fell just short, 27-24, kind of a little mini shootout, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like a mini shootout if the teams didn't really have explosive offenses, minus yeah. like that one play. You know, like when, when teams have explosive offenses, you're looking at like 41-38. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you take it down to where, you know, the quarterbacks are Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. And this is your version of a shootout, right? It, it was uh, it was kind of funny. Like at the get as the game ended, like I knew we lost, and I was like, "Damn!" Like it was a tough L. And I just kind of felt like that game was kind of like one of those thirty-eight, thirty-five games. And I look at the scoreboard, I'm like, "Damn!" Like how do we only right. put up twenty-four points? Like it's just right. kind of rid- ridiculous of a game. I mean, we've we've had our fair share of uh, shootouts with the Saints um, mm-hmm. in twenty fifteen. We beat them forty-one thirty-eight, and then turn around. 2016 they beat us 41 38 um i guess i don't know if you could call that wild card game a shootout that was 31 26 not really a shootout i mean even last year you remember in the uh in the dome it came down to the wire yeah and of course we fell short at the goal line and so yeah i mean us and the saints even when the saints have had their like rough years it just always seems like it goes like this um but like you said i mean it's just the time of possession i mean the clock just kept ticking the whole game it was a quick game um Fourth quarter alone, we literally got one drive. And so, like, it's not even, like, our fault of our offense for only having 24. It was mm-hmm. just the the time of the – it felt like the game was three quarters, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you just said, that time of possession, the defense honestly probably looked as, like, the defense we all expected going into the season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, They didn't, you know, have some crazy coverage – breaks that meant you know the saints were getting 80 yard touchdowns consistently yeah but i mean you also want to keep in mind the saints were missing their top two receivers so they're missing their top two guys and sanders is really their only guy that's even somewhat of a deep threat i would say yeah unless you want to consider smith one which i don't know um and so like it's just like the saints just methodically tore us apart um the only drive they had that stalled was simply because individual greatness from brian burns yeah, the strip sack. Um, yeah, no, they didn't have any big plays, but it seemed like they kept hitting those like deep outs on the right side of the field. I guess it was like Troy Pride and Eli Apple like kind of split time out there, and they were just getting cashed by. Yeah, I don't even know that guy's name. The new guy, <laughs> the undrafted dude Callaway or whatever, he was killing yeah. us. <laughs> I heard his name so many times. Yeah, he was killing us. Trocon Smith was killing us, and then like you said last week, um, tight end. Name escaping me. Jared Cook. Jared, Jared Cook, Cook, yeah. He got his fair share against the linebackers. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that was going to happen. And then, as expected, both Kamara and Murray saw success on the ground, and then Kamara saw success in the air. Really, there was nobody that we like. Like, there's really no moral victory to even take from it defensively, mm-hmm. unless you're Brian Burns. Like, Brian Burns went in the locker room like, y'all lost, I didn't. <laughs> That's kind of the type of thing that happened there. But, um... Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Burns, that strip sack was amazing. A couple plays prior to that, actually, I made a comment to people I was watching it with. I was like, he can't, he's coming awfully close to Breeze. And this is kind of a, that, you know, that's a trend for Burns. We see he just comes so close mm-hmm. so many times. And like a couple plays before the strip sack, I made a little comment like that. Like, man, like another split second, he would have got the Breeze there. And then sure enough, he did. But yeah, besides that, I mean, I don't yep. know if Shaq played or not. Not sure if he was there. Not sure if he was in the dome this weekend. Fifty-two was there. I saw it. Not good. Pride had a rough game. Uh, safeties. Our safeties were so bad. We tried one of our safeties out at running back. Um, that was so the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but yeah. So all in all, like awful game for the defense. 
I think it was our worst defensive performance simply because we didn't like we, we, we didn't force a punt and we just it, it just felt like it was like death by a paper cut. Is that the term? Um, um I don't know, but that no. sounds right. Like, like just death, slowly Yeah, death slowly by getting you. Yeah, so like don't quote me on that like phrase, but whatever the phrase is, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um you said 52 was bad. Did you did you sketch 57? Uh, Darius Glenn? He was kind of doing his thing out there, I feel like. I'd like I to mean, see more of him. I mean, more, I mean, I'd much rather see him than 52. Like, like anybody else. <laughs> how, old, how, how old is... Uh, what's, how, Glenn, how, yeah, how old Glenn is he? Is 30. 30? Oh, well. Yeah. I, I was about to say, I mean, if he's... I, I mean, apologies to everybody for, like, not knowing this guy, but... Um, no, I had to click on his name right now and found that out. So maybe I, we shouldn't see more of him. But he was playing pretty well. <laughs> I would say, I mean, especially... I mean, you might as well throw him out there. Like, yeah. seriously, it's crazy. Like, 52 is terrible. Like, I feel like the connection to rule, the fact that they, like, made him captain and all that, I feel like that's the only thing that's holding him back from, uh, like, being cut. Honestly, yeah. uh, I mean, apparently the commentators think he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, but um, I don't. I certainly don't think he is. <laughs> yeah, that guy's just getting paid to say whatever he wants with no repercussion. <laughs> <laughs> Literally zero repercussion. Dude, like, he he said he was he was praising him, and he praised Corn like right before that. I think he just like completely ignored Brian Burns after he made a pretty good play. I'm like, dude, like. <laughs> at least like try or something. I don't even know, but yeah. Oh, I, I guess I will say like, because I don't know. I, I saw uh Baldy talking about this. Seem seem Brown had a solid game too. Uh, Derek Brown. Yeah. Um, he said it's, it's, it's hard to tell, especially, I mean, defense is that position in particular. I mean, almost everywhere on the defense, if like the defense in general gives up a lot of points or has a bad day, sometimes it's very difficult to tell whether or not, like how certain individuals performed. I'd almost say, especially defensive tackle. tackle. Yeah. Like that is a hard position to, I, I feel like, uh, analyze anyway, because D tackles aren't even like edge, like D tackles aren't supposed to have a ton of tackles. They're not supposed to have a ton of sacks. You know, really it comes down to like just stopping things. And it seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, I was watching Baldy talk about him. It seemed like Brown had a good day. So that's good to see. Um, feels like he's improved upon those first couple weeks, which was pretty rough, apparently. He definitely played pretty well. It's tough because, I mean, like you just said, his job is, you know, stopping the run, and they gashed us on the run. So, like, eye test kind of tells us he might have had a bad game. But I don't know, a lot of times when I was watching, it seemed like it was just a rotation of guys being in. Like, there was a big run that Kamara had where he kind of just went right up through Woodrow Hamilton's hole. So it was like it was like him and I think Stephen Weatherly on that side. So yeah. it's just tough. I mean, you really yeah, it's one of those things you just have to look for when you're rewatching the game. You're never going to catch that as you're watching it, you know. Yeah, and at the same time, I, you know, not hearing Brown's name at all throughout a game isn't necessarily the worst thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, you know, not. it means he's not getting embarrassed, I guess. Um, so yeah. Like, like you said, so besides Burns, you know, it feels like Brown probably had a solid day. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't feel like Chin was, like, terrible. Um, but, like, no. all in all, the defense just looked bad. And, you know, we, we play the Falcons and Chiefs next. And so it's just kind of like, you know, will, will this trend continue? Or will they be able to actually perform against the Falcons again? Yeah, we have a Falcons coming off that pretty bad loss. We'll get into that later. But, um. Yeah, another person who caught my eye was number 42, Sam Franklin, who we just signed like two weeks ago. He's a Temple guy. 100% <laughs> snaps. 100. Yeah, I saw, I saw you. like You had pointed that out to me earlier, and I was just like, man. And then I thought about like Sam Franklin. We have a Woodrow Hel- Hamilton. Like, we <laughs> have a lot of guys that feel like they were – there to sign the declaration of independence yeah. <laughs> like at least both at least, we at least have two guys and you can even throw in a little steven weatherly you know, john miller all these guys miles a lot of guys were there back yeah miles <laughs> like back in 1776 whole squad was up there in philly <laughs> signing that thing no it's insane sam franklin i don't even i guess he played he played decently well i guess he made a couple plays that caught my eye but I don't know, like, 
why he was out there. I would have liked to see um, Kenny Robinson get some more burn on yes. defense. He didn't have a single defensive snap, which is weird to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, he got signed from the practice squad. We spent a draft pick on him. Like, you know, we spent a fifth-round pick, which yeah, – mid-round. I mean, you can, you know, most people would say, eh, that's a wash, day three pick, mm-hmm. especially once you get out of round four. But, like, I mean, come on. When's the last time we had a fifth-round pick do anything? At least try to see if he will. Um, yeah, right, especially in this situation where, like, you know, we say this whole time, we're really playing, we got nothing to lose. You might as well see what that guy has, right? Like, he can't be that bad in practice. Right, and being a, West, like being a West Virginia fan, you know, I, I witnessed him in person get ejected from a game. He got kicked out of West Virginia. He was playing on the XFL. It's pretty good. Like, I feel like, you know, our defense is missing, like, those dogs. And, I, you mm-hmm. know, maybe Kenny Robinson can be that. Um, You know, he seems like he's a, you know, he's a hard hitter, like, kind of a tough guy. He's He has experience on a professional level. Like, yeah. whether or not you want to consider the XFL legit – Every single XFL team would beat Clemson. You know, I mean, like, these dudes are still pros, and I stand by that. Um, mm-hmm. And so to even play against other grown men, a.k.a., like, people that size, I, I feel like he can't be that bad. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, it's, it'd be, it's weird because if he was really that bad, they would just have to cut him, right? So yeah. you would think that maybe he, you know, he has uh, have trouble with, the, uh, you know, outside the field stuff, I guess. Or, you know, like you just said, whatever you just said. But, like, yeah. maybe that's a thing. But even if that was a thing, like, you would still cut him. So, like, why is he, <laughs> right. like, yeah, so I just don't really understand. Unless, if, you know, just the fact that they did draft him with a fifth-round pick is just keeping him on the team. And, like, that's it alone. It's just kind of bizarre. Yeah, because, like, yeah, clearly he's not, like, late for meetings or whatever. Because when you're a fifth-round pick, you can't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So I, I don't know if he's just something maybe, you know, best case scenario would just be the plays aren't clicking yet. Maybe that I, I don't know how they like change practices, but maybe like the shift from the practice squad to the actual team brings like new response, like a new part of the playbook you have to learn. I, I really don't know. You know, I'm not we're not in the NFL yeah. locker rooms, but like best case scenario would just be that it takes them a week or so to get used to like whatever the starting plays would be. Um, right. So I'm guess, definitely be looking for him Thursday night, though. And I guess since Sam Franklin, even though he was just signed, he is a Temple guy. So maybe whatever concepts we pulled from there that Phil Snow has is still being used. I don't know. It's right, weird, and it, but... it comes to a level of trust. I mean, yeah, like rule. He's like got oh, Temple. Like he can't be that bad. You know, he's one of them Temple boys. Us owls don't like fuck around. I don't know. I, I never thought that Temple would like mean this this much in the, on the NFL level. It's I mean, they're, they're turning into a pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, man, it's ridiculous. They're like, safe to you. Um. <laughs> what else we got? Third down, man. Oh, Third was down was tragic. 12 for 14? Is that what um, it is? Yeah, and then it's like, I mean, it's not even like the two that they didn't convert did anything yeah. positive. The two they didn't convert were just field goals. <laughs> yeah. I think one of them though was just I feel like maybe even both of them were like turn or like penalties that kind of pushed that prevented them from getting it. Like I think they got it, but then they had a penalty, so it pushed them back. Yeah, no, I mean that. Let me check. Real quick. I know that happened once. I I think you're right. I'm trying to remember. Let's see, not right there. I think their second drive of the game. No, their second drive of the game. Uh, oh, first drive of the game. Uh. No, dang, I'm just lost right now, scrolling through Game Pass. It would have to uh, be, um, like the last, the second to last drive, I guess, before we kicked the the 65 yarder, and then yeah. I don't know when the other one would be, but maybe before half. Right, because they start off up, they start off three straight touchdowns, uh, but like besides the uh, strip sack, so they start mm-hmm. off up like having 21, and then yeah, so they had a touchdown nullified by all, OPI. Yeah. And then they push right. him back to third and fourteen, and which then, we lucked uh, out on because that was definitely not OPI. It was, was it was not it was not OPI. Yeah, um, that was BS. Yeah, no, that, that was that was a very weak call. So we lucked out on that, and then it pushed him back far enough to where you know they weren't going to convert third and fourteen near the goal line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other field goal, um, we just uh, it was th- they had third and thirteen. Uh, they yeah, had a false yeah, start. Yeah. On, they had a false start on third and eight. Pushed them back third and thirteen. Yeah. So yeah, even with both of those, we probably lucked out a little bit. 
Uh, it could have actually been worse. But so yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't even consider those stops. As far as I'm concerned, they converted every third down. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That definitely cannot be the case going into the second half of the season. We play a lot of good offenses, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we still have Green Bay. We still have New Orleans and Tampa again. We still have Atlanta. We still mm-hmm. have KC, so that's five. The other three teams we play are Detroit, um, Washington football team, and Denver. So yeah. um, I even consider Detroit a good offense. Maybe I'm just higher on Stafford than the average person, but I think Galladay's good. I think Stafford's good. I consider them a solid offense. And then the other two offenses I consider poor. So I say we still play five top dozen or so offenses. Yeah, all with pretty good running backs too. So right, I mean, you know, Gurley's playing well, and you know, mm-hmm. so we got definitely. Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I mean, Ronald Jones, Jones even looks decent. Aaron Jones, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely, and then obviously Kamara again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I think all of the worst offenses we're going to play, besides. Like Washington football team in Denver, we're in the first half of the year. You know, yeah. Chicago, uh, Chargers. At the time, I didn't really think they were going to be a good offense. I still, you know, that was Herbert's second start, so I don't consider them a great that a good offense yet. Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. Who else? That was like growing pains kind of a game. <laughs> Got right. that other way early. I mean, really, now that I think about it, we played a ton of good offenses because, I mean, the Cardinals should have been good. So, like, regardless, my point is we still have our best offenses to play yet to come. Like, we played the Bucks before they really could click. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that was a weird game. But either way, definitely need to fix that up. And then just big plays. Like, they just had so many big plays on Sunday, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't a ton of, like – you know, 60-yard bombs, but, like, mm-hmm. Kamara would break loose. Murray would break loose. Yeah, just like, like you're, you're pointing out. 10 to the 20 yards. Yep. They were killing us in that intermediate range, mm-hmm. which is the worst place to get killed, in my opinion, if you're a defense, because I think when you're talking about those explosive deep plays, sometimes you just take into account, like, you get, ver- you get like, good, like random variants to kind of go your way. Like, the further out you go, you know, the offense can – the offense is more likely just to mess up themselves, throwing a 40-yard pass and connecting on a 40-yard route, the timing. Mm-hmm. Short passes, you know, that can't – you know, I mean, cool if you can dink and dunk, but, like, you can't do that forever. So, in my opinion, intermediate's the worst place to get gashed because quarterbacks are likely to still be very accurate at that range. It's easy to get the timing, you know. And so, if you're just getting gashed there, that's the worst. They're moving yeah. up the field, but there's not going to be a lot of uh, just – Error, like error on the offensive side, mm-hmm. and especially on third down, you just lose morale, yeah. right? Like that's tough. <sighs> but that's defense. Um, I don't. We miss anything? No, I mean, nah, we really missed nothing. <laughs> they missed yeah. tackles, but you know, we didn't miss anything. <laughs> they did. All right, let's get a, take a look, a quick look at the offense. They had a pretty strong first half. Uh, kind of tailed off after that, coming out of the break, but. Overall, I was, you know, I was slightly impressed the first half of the game. I was, I was very pleased with the offense. You know, it's really hard to put too much blame for them overall, like for the game. Uh, DJ had a great day. That deep mm-hmm. pass him and Teddy connected on was great. Um, Robbie had a solid day. You know, he, he only has one touchdown on the year, but he's still just putting up some y- the yards. Curtis, you really saw how important Curtis was this week. I think, I think anybody yeah. that really doubted what Curtis can mean to us, whether or not he should be in trade talks, that should have all got dispelled. You know, the reason DJ was even open for the deep ball, Curtis. Who converted all those third downs, Curtis. Who ran the ball at the goal line, Curtis. You know, I mean, like Curtis opens up so much because whether or not our quarterbacks realize it, whether or not Kyle Allen knew, Teddy knew, who, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, whoever. Other defenses know Curtis is very dangerous, yeah. clearly, because he gets a lot of attention and opens things up for others. We saw how terribly not open things were against Chicago last week. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I think Curtis, more so than anyone, really upped his value this past week. Yeah. Also, Saints' defense is extremely poor. At least they have been all season, so there is right. that. Chicago is a pretty good defense, so, I mean, 
kind of hard to say what would have happened if Curtis was there. We definitely didn't miss him, though. That was, like, for certain, but yeah, he is, like, a third-down king <laughs> this yeah, year. No, I mean, he, he definitely is because, I mean, he, he can really get open however he needs to. Um, I trust him getting open on routes outside the numbers way more than I trust DJ. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, like, Curtis's versatility is, is really just – been huge that one third down where uh teddy had a really good play going through his progressions you know curtis just he just finds a way to leak open um is that the yeah. uh the first drive or whatever yeah it, it was pretty it was pretty early on um but like you said you know chicago's a much better defense so it's hard to say but um you know with the saints defense being not good i would say bottom 10 defense give or take uh it was nice to uh, – I was pleased that the offense really struggled none. You know, yeah. it's kind of like what we said. If we play a subpar defense, like, the offense is going to do its thing. I, I don't think the offense is super high variance. Um, I think you about know, can expect what you're going to get. You know, yeah. time of possession changes how many points you get, but I think you can expect we're not going to punt much. We're probably going to score in some capacity most drives. Yeah, I mean that's really the kind of thing that losses the game was time of possession. Because I mean, it, it's we were talking about this before the show. It's kind of hard to go back and we looked at it, and there wasn't really a whole lot to knock the offense for. Like we had to settle for a field goal once, I think, and then obviously the one at the end of the game as well. But we missed that one. But it's, there wasn't like any point where it seemed like you know we left something on the field. Yeah, no, I mean, and we'll get into that last uh, third down play before the field goal and a little bit after we like kind of just recap some of this, but yeah, I mean, all in all the offense really did what it needed to do. I think if you want to look at the offense as a whole um, red zone offense still is an issue. Um, I saw a stat yesterday. So we're top five in the NFL in red zone scoring percentage. So not touchdown percentage, red zone scoring uh, the bucks score hundred percent, the bucks and chiefs score hundred percent of the time in the red zone. Us and the Saints scored 96% of the time, and the Browns scored 95% of the time. Here, That sounds great, and it is great. Yeah. Here's the issue with that. Here's the discrepancy of touchdown and field goal makeup. Bucks, 22 touchdowns, 6 field goals. Chiefs, 19-10. and 10. Saints, 17-7. and 7. Browns, 19-4. and 4. Here's the Panthers, 13-11. and 11. Hmm. We're the only one that's even close to half and half. Like, I guess the next lowest percentage would be um, the Chiefs, who's at 19 and 10. And that's still like 65 to like 35%. Yeah. Whereas we're at like 54 to 46. And so, you know, I mean, that wasn't, it was, I wasn't like this was some like issue in this game, like crazy issue, like it was in that uh, Chargers game. But, you know, I mean, it's just something as a whole, it's going to remain. Yeah, it's just kind of stacking up on us. Well, because, I mean, and we've pointed this out in the past, we just cannot, we haven't, unless I'm forgetting and blanking, we really have not had a legit just drop back, pass, completed, caught in the end zone, regular receiver route at all this year. No, Even the we two this week, deep bomb from Teddy, awesome throw, not complaining about it. Just pointing no. out that that's how we got the touchdown. And then the second one was like the, the BS, like the little the shovel little tap. Jet, yeah. jet pass. Yeah. So like explosive play, tap pass, leak out in the flat. Like we, we you know, there's just no drop back. Robbie runs a post from the 10 touchdown. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's going to continue to be an issue until that gets solved. Um, yeah. And I'd be, I mean, I would be cool with it if like we were still scoring touchdowns, but right. The, I mean, you know, in cases that we aren't. Right, if we, if we scored from a touch pass every time, I'm not complaining. But, like, it's the fact that we aren't, like you said. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I, I just want to point that part out. Um, let's see, I think there's someone else, something else I wanted to get at. Um, thought the offensive line was fine. You know, mm-hmm. Taylor Moten was awesome. Cam Jordan did not have a single pressure. Taylor yeah. just shut him down. He needs to get paid immediately. I'm tired of this. No, I mean, his, his average annual value is raised tremendously already. It's probably raised every, by at least $6 million. Every single week, I feel like it goes up, and I just get more and more hurt. Just like, I need a sign today. I needed it yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this. 
I mean, we signed left tackle Matt Khalil to a five-year, $75 million deal. Or was it five-year, 55? Can't remember. Either way, like, we were more than happy to do that. So, yeah. um, hopefully we can open up the pocketbook for uh, Taylor. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping once – when is our bye week? Whenever that happens, I'm hoping we can get Taylor signed and maybe hopefully Curtis, please. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think – I was really, really leaning towards Curtis Jashank coming back, especially mm-hmm. when he missed that game with injury. It was like, crap, is this that like Funches type thing going to happen where like he just is injured like the last eight games of the year? Um, yeah. Plays here and there, like spot starts. Um, it He came back and like showed his value more than ever. So now I'm actually like that game made me do a complete 180 on like how confident I am we're going to re-sign Curtis. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely clear how useful they think he is because they use him in every single way. Like you said, he had that goal line run. This dude is a power back now. Like, <laughs> it makes no sense. As much as I don't want him to be, like, yeah. if we get him the ball somehow, cool. <laughs> right, no, he's definitely shining. I need to get him locked up before he keeps increasing his value. It makes no sense. It's so silly. Like, why would you not? Like, two guys who you could probably get, you know, on fairly – good deals before the season knowing that yeah. they expire like why would you not sign it then and instead risk them like going into the season performing really well like they are now and then having to sign them for more money like that just makes zero sense to me right and i'm all for guys getting their money but like you said if we're talking from the organizational side of things yeah. it makes no sense to me and here's the thing with taylor coming into this year he had two seasons as a starter under his belt if i had to choose between one of the two seasons I would have said 2018 was better than 2019 for him. Keep in mind, Kyle Allen and Cam Newton were the quarterbacks in these respective seasons. And so that also can play a factor of how we viewed the O-line play. Um, But, like, I'd say 2018 was probably a little bit better for him than 2019. I think he had a little bit more penalties in 2019. And so, like, if anything, his value was probably as low as you were going to hope it was going to be Moats. His value was still good. I still think – I still believe in him fully that he was a very good tackle. But, like, I'm just speaking from, like, what they could have talked about with them in negotiations. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's something that's coming from the, you know, the player side, that's one thing. But even, like, I guess before the season, they were asking – reporters were asking if they were getting contract work done. And I guess Herney was saying they haven't started yet. And it's just like, why? Like, that makes no sense. And then Moten ended up saying, like, I'm not focused on that right now. But, like, I think that's just kind of the – the good answer, you know. Yeah, like, that's what he uh, should say. The preacher answer, the used car salesman answer, whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, like, of course you're going to say that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's – is there anything else about the offense? I mean, you know, rushing attack was not good. We kind of touched on that when we talked about CMC earlier. Yeah, rushing was bad. Um, yeah, I mean, that's about it. I mean, yeah, like we said, it wasn't a whole lot to go on with the offense. Like They played well. We had a couple good splash plays, but the time of possession really limited them out there. So we didn't really get, like, you know, a whole lot of time in the second half to really see what what they could have done. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of moving on to talking about, like, Teddy specifically. Mm-hmm. I thought Teddy played his best game of the year. Um, yeah. You know, he – I don't – I don't know his stats because I don't really care about his stats, but like I, he made a lot of good. He has best play of the year. Everyone knows what play we're talking about. That was a great play. Um, the third down to Curtis, keeping it alive, really slinging it. He had a couple other good plays. One of another third down to Curtis. He had he made a really good reads, like progressing through, evading pressure, moving to Curtis. He had the deep bomb. Um, he took a couple other shots that we didn't quite hit, but I was happy to see him take. Yeah. Like all in all, I mean, he was just—he was very efficient as normally as always. Didn't really throw any. I don't think he had any interceptable passes, unless I'm forgetting. I don't think so either. I didn't really see any. I didn't think he had any turnover-worthy plays. He was as efficient as normal. Hit a couple very impressive throws. And so yeah, I mean, all that accumulates into like you know, I think it was Teddy's best game because I think any of his other good games. He at least like kind of left the ball up for grabs here or there. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, I really think I, I seriously think, and I hate to like be like this, but like I seriously think his worst play of the game, you know, was that uh, you know, the third down the final, at the his end. final play. You know? Yeah, and it wasn't even a terrible play. Uh, not completely his fault, but like that seriously was probably like his biggest mistake of the game. Yeah, I mean, if anything, that's probably just more so a great defensive play. 
And yeah, then I definitely. guess maybe poor on Mike Davis's part, but I can't really knock him for not being able to make that block, you know. That's what DN, D-tackle on, small running back. I mean, he's not small, but you get what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, I mean, he Teddy, for the most part, he played clean. Um, I agree with you. He's definitely his best game of the season. Um, I just kind of wish he would have had more opportunity in the second half to get more points on the board. Um, I mean, we had the touchdown in the third quarter. But after that, it was just like I feel like we hardly even saw the offense. So, I mean, yeah, it was weird. Right. Right, I mean, this loss is, like, that last play sucked for the offense as a whole, whether you want to talk about the O-line, Mike Davis, Teddy, like, not getting rid of the ball, or, like you said, it's, sometimes it's just a great play from the other team. You know, yeah. I think sometimes as fans, we forget that we're not the only, like, our team isn't the only team. Like, the, way, the same way our players, like, we need them to make a great play, people are cheering for their team to do that. You know, Saints fans are cheering for that, like, we're not playing against the CPU when we're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. There are other humans on the other side of the ball that are also capable of making spectacular plays. And I think more so than anything, that was the case there. Hard to blame Davis too much. Obviously he could have gotten the block better. Um, I think CMC probably would have done a slightly better or even Arma, but like, why would Arma have been in the game there? Yeah, so right. like, you know, can't nitpick too much there. The more I watch the play, the more I feel like Teddy definitely like, like, Teddy couldn't have got rid of the ball. I saw someone bring up, could he have hit Curtis on the post? No. Teddy does not have that arm. Not many guys have that arm. There's, I just don't think it's reasonable or fair to expect him to have gotten rid of that ball to Curtis. Mm-hmm. Like, he just wouldn't have. So, like, not that's not even what I have an issue with. Like, none of the receivers he could have gotten the ball to. I simply just think he moved incorrectly in the pocket. Um, before the show, I point out to you that Davenport – he was – so, like, I guess I'll change the viewpoint here. If I'm Teddy and I'm looking out at the field, Davenport is coming from my left to my right. And so that should tell you – and then Teddy, like, once Davenport got past Mike Davis from the left to the right, Teddy then moved right also in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And I just think that was – I mean, you can clearly see it on from the easy angle. That was wrong. You know, if Teddy moves left – not only is there space to either escape the pocket or try to make a throw or simply just move up safely, it also would have required Davenport to make a insanely sharp cut to change directions. You know, if he's coming from left to right, he wants to continue that same smooth motion and not have to completely, like, 120-degree change angles. And that's what he would have had to do if Teddy stepped up left as opposed to right. And you also point out that if Teddy didn't want to step up, Moten held his block clean. Teddy mm-hmm. also could have backed up, rolled right. So either step up left or back up and roll out right. I think both of those options were there. But the play happened so quick, you know, I'm not going to rag on him for the rest of the season for it. I just simply yeah. think he moved incorrectly in the pocket there. Yeah, I mean, we definitely can't blame him. I can't really blame anyone on this offense. If anyone I'm blaming, I feel like it had to be Brady. Because I just feel like the play call in itself is a little bizarre. Yeah. Because I mean, it's third and eleven with what, like two fifty or something left on the clock. And, and you have we're a time. in field goal range. We're in field goal range. You have a timeout. We saw the two minute warning, so it's not like time is expiring here, right? And so, I mean, Teddy himself, I'm pretty sure he said this. This play was designed for a touchdown, yeah. which it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because I mean, if you're if you're cool with taking a field goal here. Why, like, you should at least have an option that at the very least cuts your third and 11 in half to like fourth and five or whatever. That way, your field goes easier. So, yeah. we have three guys on the right running what well, looks to be verts. I mean, the plays never develop, so I can't really see what they do. And then I guess Curtis on the left running a post, and he kind of is covered. It had to be a, a hell of a throw from Teddy to even right. to make that. But then Davis, I mean, I guess he could be that guy who cuts the distance in half, but obviously he gets put on his ass within a second. So, I mean, it's just kind of weird. But like you said, if anything, he can bounce his out, trust his legs to at least get him in space on the right side of the field to either throw the ball away or maybe one of those guys breaks open and we live to see another down or we live to kick the field goal, whatever the case may be. But I don't know. It just – the combination of the play call and then him stepping up into the pocket just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But like you said, I'm not going to blame him for that. It happened so fast. So yeah. I don't know. Hard to tell really what he saw. 
and one of our fellow Twitter GMs had pointed out to us on that on that second down, you know, they did that stupid screen pass that like really wasn't working the, during the game. They did that to Mike Davis, and we lost a yard. And so, um, like you said, like is the fact that they were okay with taking a deep shot plays designed for a touchdown. That had to have meant they were okay with not converting the first down and kicking the field goal, like you pointed out. And so it's weird for it's weird to me they didn't do that on second down. I yeah. think this third down play call would have made more sense on second down because then God forbid the sack does happen and you're back to where you're kicking a 65 yard field goal and it's fourth, it's third and 19 at this point. Mm-hmm. You know the defense is going to be you know, playing it, you know, even like a miniature version of prevent to where you can get those yards back most likely on that third and 19. Um, especially given the personnel that we have. So yeah, play call was weird. I mean, it was just a combination of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's just, it sucks because, you know, I don't want to blame Teddy. I don't even really want to blame Mike Davis too much. You know, Davenport's a big guy. He's a running back. Don't want to like put point too much blame anywhere it was just such a big moment of the game that you would have liked to see somebody on our t- our on our side make the spectacular play yeah you would have liked to see teddy like find a way to bounce it out you would have liked to see mike davis make some great like chip or you know just something like that and it didn't mm-hmm. happen they made the big play we failed to make the big play we lost yeah do you agree with kicking the field goal 65 yards god Honestly, this is a tough question. Um, he was so close to making it that I'm actually yeah. just going to say yes. Like, clearly, they, they must just believe in his leg. And, right. I mean, it showed true 64 and a half yards that ball goes in. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he literally couldn't have been closer. That ball couldn't have been more straight. So, they really must just believe in his leg strength. Uh, we weren't going to convert a fourth and 19. Pretty confident about that. Yeah, um, that is true. So, I guess I, uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, before, you're in a dome. You're in a dome. Yeah, that's true. I would have. I mean, before you just said all that, I probably would have said to go for it because I mean, I just feel like no shot. You probably had the same chance to convert, but he did come hella close. So I mean, I guess not too bad of a call on his end. Right. Like something tells me, if we just had like a random kicker, like Matt Rule, uh, something tells me Matt Rule tried it or whoever made the decision, not specifically, but a large part because of Sly himself. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd like to think Rule didn't just think, oh, 65, like, that's only one off the NFL record. (laughs) Like, I'd like to think he'd be like, wow, I've seen Sly hit 60 yarders in practice. Let's give him a shot here. Mm -hmm. And so if that was the thinking, then I can respect the decision fully. But if the thinking was, like, just some dumb, like, well, we might as well try it. We ain't getting fourth down. Then, you know. I maybe would have an issue with it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, definitely an interesting scenario to think about. But, uh, I mean, I guess that's about it for the Saints game. Yeah, I would say so. We can move on to around the league here. Um, Bucks 45, Raiders 20, they beat the brakes off them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there was a window late in that game, late third quarter, beginning fourth. You know, it's 24-17. Derek, call, Derek Carr is the ball with a chance to go down and tie it. Uh, throws a pick, and then from there, you know, things just spiraled out of control. Yeah, games can change quickly like that. Bucks look really good. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping the Packers beat them last week, but uh, they look good. But Godwin's out again for at least the next week, maybe a second. Yeah. That offense looks much worse without him. I saw that. That's gonna suck. But it does look like the Bucks are probably going to be somewhere in the contention race for uh, being the NFC champions. So I guess good for them. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll, I mean, we'll I'm we'll not. See. I don't think they'll they'll come out of the NFC, but it looks like they will. You know, at least they'll be there in the playoffs. Yeah, you know? I mean, Brady doesn't look old. Like I don't. I'm not gonna yeah. sit here and act like he's doing some amazing job because I mean, he does probably have the best. Like, especially now that they have AB, like easily the best receiver group in the league. Like, oh, it's yeah. probably not even close. The <laughs> singular, if AB is even a shell of himself, there's never been a better wide receiver trio in NFL history. Like, mm-hmm. these are three top. 15 receivers if ab is just like half himself um but so i mean yeah they look like he just doesn't look old you know like it looks like father time isn't a thing to him and so that's 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 huge enough for the bucks which is slightly annoying for our agenda because cam looks pretty bad and now everybody's saying oh well Brady was still on this team they would have been okay 
Yeah, but no, like last year, Brady was on the team and he looked old, as you just said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like he didn't look good last year. He had like the highest percentage of off-target throws. Uh, this is what I'll say on the Cam Brady like Patriots situation. Brady would be doing no better than Cam on the Patriots this year. Maybe like his box score numbers wouldn't look as ugly. I don't know. Yeah. He obviously wouldn't have the rushing numbers, but like my point being. Patriots would like would be two and five or three and four with Brady. Mm-hmm. And I fully believe that. But Cam would not be doing as good as Brady on the Bucks. And I hate to say that. But like at the least, like part of Brady's success and like not looking old as he did the past two years is um the Bucks being so good. Cam would not be doing nearly as good with the Bucks. I hate to say it. Cam just looks terrible. Um yeah. Brady would also be doing awful on the Patriots. Yeah. Well Cam just looks like he just can't even he looks like last year when he was hurt. So I mean that's one thing. He's just throwing balls into the dirt. I mean, yeah, it's super concerning because he's also not even making good mental decisions. Mm-hmm. In the Rams and Bucks game at the start of 2019, he was making his throws were terribly inaccurate. Um, but he, uh, he, you could tell he was making the right mental decisions. He was literally just missing the throw. Like in the in that Bucks game, he missed like five of the same throw. He missed like five straight deep outs. Yeah. Over the course of the game, and every single time it was the right decision. Just a terrible throw. So you're like, okay, physical limitations, we got those fixed. Now it looks like it's like mental limitations. Like he looks like what like people that have always hated Cam think he always was. Right. Like he like can't read a defense, doesn't know what he's seeing. He doesn't know what he's seeing right now. Um, and he's super hesitant. It's not always been that way, but that's what it looks like right now. Yeah, he's in his own head. I think it's a combination of that. It's I mean, you can't even really blame it like the supporting guys. You can blame the supporting guys, they are horrible, but like he himself is is bad. But, right. I mean, both things can be true. Um, yeah. I think my foe, like, not – not oh, there's not as many as you'd think. I think most of us are kind of like, wow, he sucks. But, like, there are some camp simps out there, and I'm a fellow camp simp. Um, I mean, you just got to bite the bullet. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't try to defend this by saying no weapons. Both things can true. Weapons suck. He also sucks right now. Like, yeah, right. He, uh, you, you can see that on film. You know, it's the same way where people will say uh, – Oh, like Josh Rosen's always had a bad team. How can you say he sucks? Because both can be true. His mm-hmm. teams have sucked and he sucked. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. Like both, like if you really watch, you can tell both are true. Um, and so I, at some point you just got to bite the bullet and be like, wow, yeah, he sucks right now. Because then for me, if I just kept defending this crap, it would make me look significantly less credible for yeah. all the years I did defend him when he actually was elite, when he actually was the best quarterback in the league. I said he was the best quarterback in the league because he was, not because I like him. I love Cam. He sucks right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't admit to him sucking now, then basically, like, your takes almost become irrelevant. No one will trust right. you. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's why I am admitting he's sucking now. Like, yeah. I'm not going to try to defend this. <laughs> yeah, no, no point. Hopefully, he can get back on track. He says he knows what the problem is. He says it's not his shoulder. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I- yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, no, we'll we'll see. You know, I I'm not very hopeful, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Cardinals, our boy Kyler, great yes, game from him. That was awesome. Yeah, I only call it like the first half of it because you know I'm old and whatnot, so I miss it. Right. A hell of a, I miss a hell of an ending. It seems, but it didn't go off till after midnight, so you you wouldn't have made it anyway. Mm-hmm. No, well, yeah, I didn't make it to begin with, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, he he looked great. Uh, my opinion, he, him or Rodgers topping the MVP race right now. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I mean, Kyler looks good. Did Russ fall off? Uh, he, was he I guess he had, he, he had, had three, three picks. picks, right? And he he got lucky. He got very lucky, actually. Only one of them mattered. Uh, so the first pick, DK Metcalf is just ridiculous. Runs down a four-shore pick six. Like, mm-hmm. any, any other receiver – that's pick. I, I don't even think Tyree oh, yeah, Kill does that. that, you know. Yeah. So, and then the Cardinals went for it on fourth and goal when they were down there, didn't get it. His second yeah. interception, also not good. Kyler threw an interception the play after. Um, his third interception, he actually paid for it in OT. But like, so it even could have been worse. But no, I mean, Kyler looked awesome. Like, it's so cool to see him playing like that because both of us were high on him. Both of us were very adamant that he is the quarterback after. Mahomes, the young guy that you want to build around him yeah. or Deshaun, actually, we've kind of discussed that a little bit. Yeah, but, it's between uh, those two guys, I would say. 
Yeah, and I mean, he looks awesome. Him and Aaron Rodgers, my top two for MVP. If I had to do a ladder right now, I'd say Kyler, Rodgers, Russ, Brady, um, Tannehill, I mm. guess. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I, he's, he's playing well, though. Josh Allen, like, fell off enough to work. Like, okay, I know, like, I don't know. I, I'm probably a tad bit higher on Tannehill than other people. I know, like, the whole joke is going around, like, carried by Henry. True to an extent, but, like, he genuinely has played well. Yeah. He makes some big boy throws whenever I'm watching him. So, <laughs> I guess he'd be fifth for me. But, yeah, overall, Kyler, amazing. Hey, Tannehill has played really well. I, I remember remember we were doing this whole, like, clutch thing in the summertime that we never released, and right. I was, like, watching the Titans, like, all their fourth quarter clutch stats, and Tannehill was, like, I think if we would have actually finished it, he would have been ranking, like, towards the highest as far as, like, you know, yards per attempt, completion percentage, like all that stuff. He was balling in the clutch last year. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's playing really well again, so kudos to him. He's earned that contract, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't really argue with that contract now. I know a lot no. of people had issues with it, but I'd have no complaints if I were the Titans. <laughs> Not at all. Um, little tank watch. Jets, man. They almost got one, though, against the Bills, but <laughs> they still are the Jets. Yeah, did you see they had uh, four offensive yards in the second half? Yeah, no, Dylan said that. And I was like, wow, grown men being held to <laughs> can only get four <laughs> yards. Four yards of 30 minutes of playtime. That's insane. Um, so they, they suck. New York, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota, Cincinnati, also with one win. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a weird season. I feel like, I mean, out of, out of those teams, you need a quarterback. You got the Jets. Jacksonville will probably do it because they're even talking about mentioning Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta was, could do it. Odd to me. Yeah. Miami, yeah, no, they wouldn't do it. They, they won't. Um, you, you'd point out Cincinnati won't. Cincinnati, in my opinion, will probably try to key in on uh, Sewell, mm-hmm. I, I would assume, because their O-line sucks. Uh, since he, so if we're looking at those teams, like Jets 100% are going to take one. Um, is bad as I might feel for Darnold, like they're taking one. Atlanta, yeah. up in the air for sure. I just question, like, I almost feel like it seems like written in the stars that Fields goes there. Um, it just makes sense. From Atlanta, like... Who? Oh, Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it just feels like it's bound to happen. Uh, Jacksonville, yeah, that that's that's random, the whole Minshew thing. That kind of came out of nowhere. I was kind of hoping uh, they'd kind of be one of those teams that would... Uh, Talk themselves into quarterback. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, be like, because I mean, I like Minshew. You know, I think I thought he was solid, but apparently he's been worse than I thought. Uh, yeah. So I guess they're now in play. Uh, I think what I think the way the Panthers are going to benefit here, the way they could get away with getting a quarterback is one, first off, you cannot rule anything out. Keep in mind, people, six and 10 is probably a top eight pick. Yeah. When we were six and 10, 2016, we were pick eight. When we won that dumb game against the Saints, when we were six and nine in 2018 with Kyle Allen, when the game didn't matter and Teddy started for the Saints, uh, we went from pick nine to pick 16 because we mm-hmm. didn't finish six and ten. We finished seven and nine. So six and ten, you are gar- you're you're going to have a top ten pick 90 percent of the time. So yeah, I think people keep forgetting that. Um, but I also yeah. think what could help if we end up in the middle of the pack, if we finish seven and nine and we're picking 16 dead middle is that there's always going to be that, uh, like say Phil's and Lawrence go one, two feels like that's very possible. Say Lance goes three or four, you know, you're hoping that gap, like, so say the team that's drafting at six really needs to like, feels like they need a quarterback. Say it's Atlanta and they're picking at six and they missed fields, Lawrence and Lance. You're banking on the fact that they think it's too early to take Zach Wilson. They think it's you know you know what I mean. Yeah, like that's going to happen. If if Zach Wilson feels like the most realistic person for the Panthers right now, Lance also feels realistic. I could see Wilson jumping Lance on some big boards simply because Lance isn't playing. Um, mm-hmm. But you're hoping with the guy like that, like that fourth quarterback in that range, that it just comes down to we need a quarterback. It's too early in the draft to take this guy, though. You're kind of hoping it's like what happened with Jordan Love. Yeah. I mean, that's bound to happen. It happens every year. There's always, like, you, your obvious picks go early, and then there's a big gap, and someone finally pulls the trigger. That could yeah. definitely be us. That could definitely happen. Probably Zach Wilson. 
and, and, and people discount like the fact that some teams would rather just get a quarterback in free agency. Like so many people seem so sure right now like, that this team is a hundred percent getting a quarterback. We seriously don't know. Mm-hmm. Like so many, like I keep reminding people that 2018 draft was probably was supposed to be the best quarterback draft like ever. And the best quarterback in that draft fell to the 32nd pick. Yeah. Like the the way the quarterbacks went in that draft was one three seven ten thirty two. Like I see no reason that can't happen in this draft. I see no reason it can't go one two four ten, and maybe like the Steelers get Kyle Trask, you know, at like pick twenty eight or some some crap like that. Yeah. Like I I see no reason I can guarantee Zach Wilson's not falling to us. No, not at all. I mean, especially I, if he's I, four or three even. Right, and I I can't re- I can't even guarantee Trey Lance won't. I can't guarantee we won't go thirteen and three and have the fourth pick. Yeah, there's so no like, way that four quarterbacks get picked before us unless we're picking like thirty two. Like, <laughs> there's no yeah. way. <laughs> like, if if you assume this team ceiling is seven and nine, I see no way you can like guarantee unless like like meaning you're probably picking sixteen or below. Sixteen's probably the best you're gonna pick at seven and nine. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. no way you can guarantee four quarterbacks are for sure going to be gone. Not every team values every quarterback the same. Some team might want to give the bag to Jameis. Some team might, you know, like, I mean, you know, random things happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, hopes are still alive and we have some good prospects. I mean, Zach Wilson, dude, I mean, competition was pretty weak, but he balled the hell out again. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you can't ignore the competition, but you also can't ignore like the fact that what his arm is doing. Yeah, his I, the throws he makes are insane. Right, we're not hyping him up because we look at his box score stats. Like, oh, this guy had 400 yards and four touchdowns on Texas Western Texas University Tech. Yeah, State. we don't care about that. <laughs> I, I care the fact that his arm is looking bionic. Yeah, like, but I think um, yeah. that throw where he throws that like full crossfield throw for a touchdown. I'm like, he'll never have to do that again. But the fact that he can do that is like, oh, I need to see. Yeah, that's like 65 oh. yards right there. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I did like the Pythagorean theorem to like try to figure that out. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that was great. Uh, last thing around the league kind of helps us, uh, you know, we can just transition into the preview. Falcons somehow managed to lose another weird game. Another what like ninety nine percentile chance of winning game they somehow lost <laughs> third time this year. Yep, Todd Gurley just fell into the end zone. Yeah, I think they're probably the only team that could lose it or lose a game by accidentally scoring a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, no, that was man, that that's just hilarious. They just keep finding ways. Um, but so I don't know. I'm 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 not gonna lie. I'm I'm actually a little nervous about this week. Uh, for some reason. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about this the first time we played Atlanta. This is a team that we do not normally sweep. <laughs> and we, we haven't swept them since 2013. Yeah, it doesn't usually happen. And just the fact that their offense, you know, just on any random Sunday can just go out there and score 40 is definitely concerning. And Julio's back, and Calvin really gave us hella problems last time too. Our cornerback situation is really strange, um, <laughs> so yeah. it's it's definitely a weird one to look at. Yeah, no, I mean, I uh, I'm I think we're going to win. Like, I'm not even doing my prediction yet, but like, I think I'm going to predict us to win. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel weird. Like, I can't tell if this Atlanta team feels rejuvenated or not. You know, they blow out Minnesota right after Dan Quinn gets fired. Yeah. They surely are supposed to win that game on Sunday, and like maybe that's the nail in the coffin. Maybe they just rail it in, rain it in for the year now. But uh, I don't know. I just, I just have a weird feeling, especially with Julio being back. Like I, I just feel like us and the Falcons have had enough, like enough of a rivalry during that Matt, the Matt Ryan years, to where like him and Julio don't want to get swept by us. I feel like they're gonna no. have enough pride to not want to get swept by us. So. Yeah, I mean, all jokes with, with you know go against the Falcons, but like those two guys, they will come to play, you know. Yeah, especially yeah. for division games, like they will show up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now their defense is still putrid. Um, yeah, that's I the expect thing. our. I, I'm actually. I'm. I'm gonna hold our offense to a high standard this game. Our offense needs to do better than it did again in our again than it did in the game in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great first half there, scored three points in the second half, finished with just 23 points yep. on 
the Atlanta defense. Our offense, I think, needs to score 30 this week. We haven't scored 30 since the Cardinals game. Um, I think I think that's kind of the standard they need to hold themselves to. Play two complete halves of football. Yeah, for sure. Convert in the red zone. Um, See, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking at the offense this week. Uh, I don't – because we know the defense is going to be bad. I don't want to put too much pressure on them. Uh, like be like, oh, defense losses this one again. Like, this is a this is a game where like our offense just needs to score more. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. It's um, like you said, the offense they definitely need to come out and you know show us who they really are. I feel like we yeah. keep getting these little half and half performances from them. Um, so a full game against a, a one in seven team whose defense is really bad. Yep. Is something that I said one and seven, one and six, whatever. But <clears throat> they need to they need to show up this week for sure. Yep. As uh as good as our offense has been, um, I only feel like we've played three full games out of seven offensively. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders game, we were pretty good at full game offensively. Cardinals game, and I will say the Saints game because it's obviously not their fault. They like got the ball once in like mm-hmm. this fourth quarter. Um. Other games, you know, is either half and half. You know, the Bucks game, half and half. Falcons game, half and half. Chargers was just terrible in the red zone. Bears was just bad all around. Um, so, like, we need to see a full game from this offense. The defense is clearly the weak link. We know this. Between the two, the defense is clearly the weak link. But it's bound it, – it feels like it can be such a weak link that, like – it's like it's just prove it time for the offense, Teddy. Like you want to be this franchise quarterback, go out and just win a shootout against Atlanta. Like yeah. Robbie, you want to be like the true wide receiver one, go out and like be a threat the whole game. You know, like, it's just things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm really putting ton of pressure on the offense on this one. No, I mean they deserve it too. I mean, all these stats and numbers flying around them showing that they're great. Um, I mean, yeah, they need like, to go out here and actually win the football game, right? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're getting a lot of praise everywhere. I yeah. mean, like all these advanced stats, praising them a lot. Fans are praising them a lot. We're praising them. Media people's praising them. Like, go win us a shootout. Like, they're getting the praise, and I feel like the three wins that we have are probably because the defense played so well in those games. And, like, yep. but barring the Cardinals game where we put up 31, like, I don't feel like there was really a, you know, a game where the offense just went out there and just straight dominated right right now the chargers and falcons game neither of that like the offense didn't just straight dominate now if you want to talk mentally maybe our offense like demoralized atlanta in that first half because it was so good yeah sure we can like talk that but like physically what we saw on the field they didn't dominate either of those games so like i just want to i want to see us win a shootout i want to see this offense prove that they can do that because that's Mm -hmm. the next step to go from like oh you know fun cute little offense to like this can be a tank. This is something we can build off of. Prove that we don't need to, like, I mean, that's how Teddy should be playing the rest of the year, you know. Like, no, you don't need Zach Wilson. No, you don't need Trey Lance. Like, no, go out and win us a shootout. If it's not a shootout and our defense does show up to play, I want us to win, like, Handily. 35. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I want us to win 31-14 to 14 if our right. defense shows up. I, I don't want us to win 17-14, you know. 2316 or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I'm glad we're on the same page there. It sounds weird, you know, putting this pressure on the offense when it's the defense that was just terrible last game. But I'm operating under the assumption that the defense can't help it. Mm-hmm. True. Like, I, do, I don't think there's anything Phil Snow can do. I don't think there's anything Brian Burns can single-handedly do. I just don't think we have the talent there. I think it, we're bound to be bad there. Yeah. That's what we've all expected and it showed for the first time this week. But, um... We'll definitely defense will definitely have to show up because they have that tough task against them. Like you said, we got Julio Ridley. Gurley did a number on us in the first time we played, and they it was weird that game because they went away from him after he was like playing pretty well, and then they kind of got away from the running game, and they ended up Matt Ryan kind of just gave us that win almost because they had a chance to win the game. But so maybe this time they learn from that. They'll feast off of Gurley. Who knows? But it's going to be a tough game for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I do believe we're going to have to score 30-plus to win. Um, 
you know, we're home, the home primetime game, Teddy's first primetime game, Matt Rule's first primetime game, like first primetime game of the new era. It's the first time the whole nation will kind of get to see the new regimen and the new group we're kind of trying to build up. So I'm pretty excited for, you know, I, this is the most excited I've been for a Panthers game this year, I think. Mm, Really? That is exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird because at the end of the day, we lose. I'm not going to care. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep over it like I do when the Panthers used to lose. But um, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited. Like primetime's fun. It's fun when your team plays on primetime. So it's true. All right. Well, we'll get the predictions in. We call it a day. Yep. All right. Panthers win. Here we go. <laughs> Thirty-four to thirty. Thirty-four to thirty. I'm going to say Panthers win. It's kind of about where I was thinking. I'm going to say 35-28. Okay. All right. Panthers win. Sounds good. All right. That's going to be it. Um, that was the weekend at Ernie's episode nine. Uh, I don't know. I'm Steven Sears. Chase Putcher, as always. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> as always, follow us on Twitter at Steve's Tweets underscore and at Chase Putcher 4. Uh, we'll be back next week to review this Falcons game and preview the Chiefs. We'll catch y'all next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll see you. Peace.